Welcome to Conversations with Healers, a podcast and video interview series that features intimate, soulful, and cozy conversations with self-healers and healers. Healer to healer, we dive into all aspects of self-healing and healing and being and becoming a healer. I am Damla Aktekin. I am a healer and the host of this podcast, and I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation. All right. Hello, everyone. This is Damla Aktekin with A Drop of Om. And I'm so excited to have Diane here, Diane Murphy. And <laughs> we're gonna dive right in. Diane, I sort of I met you in a, in um, Dover, actually, Dover, New right. Hampshire, where you were sort of you're an educator. You're an English or would you prefer English literature? Oh no, um, really English uh, history reading, um, a middle school. English language art. English language arts is what we call it. Okay. But um, so you're a teacher. Right. You work with um, young, teens young teens and teens. Mm -hmm. So um, I saw the first time I met you is my I was taking my daughter to ballet class, oh, right. and yeah. I saw the sign about big fish, right. and I was immediately drawn to it. So tell tell us about it. What is big fish? What big do you fish. do at Big Fish? So I know, and people always go, why do you call this place Big Fish? So I'm gonna, one of the kids asked me that yesterday, and part of it is, um, well, it kind of brings this like playful um, image to mind, and it really comes from the idea that we're all big fish in our own minds. And as an English teacher, we deal in metaphors. <laughs> the metaphors are king. And actually, I think in language, metaphors are everything. Um, because that's how we can like uh, we can understand each other. So um, yeah, that's that we want young people to come and uh, help them discover their big fish, discover and be led and lead themselves through with their interests and passions. Yeah. So tell us about what um, I know that you work with young teens and teens that are. What's what's the container? Yeah, what do so you what do is exactly? it? Yeah. So so the background is is that I spent thirty years teaching in um, public school, uh, grades six, seven, and eight, which is twelve to fourteen year olds, and then also community college um, dual enrollment students. And over the last ten years or so, schools in the United States have become more and more structured, more premeditated in their lessons, and and generally more coercive. Um, forcing kids to do a lot of things they don't want to do. So I started seeing my uh, caseload of students, so to speak, my um, 70 to 100 students a year. I started watching uh, more and more of them become not well in different ways. Some of them anxious, some of them depressed, some of them obsessive compulsive, and just not, and apathetic also was a really big concern. And it's not only the school environment, but because there's so many factors with social media and just life. Um, but the schools, I, I believe we were, I was being a part of something that was doing more harm than good for too many kids. So I had the luxury of my youngest graduating college, 
um, paying off our home, so not having a mortgage. So my hu my husband said, go ahead, quit, <laughs> and do this dream. So the dream is to provide, a, hold, a, hold a space, basically, for people to be human first. That's kind of our for motto. For the young teens. For the young people. And, and even, the teachers. And the mentors and the teachers and the staff, for us all to be in a place together where we love learning, but we are human first. And the one um, criteria, the condition for coming to Big Fish is, number one, you have to want to be there, and you have to be kind. And basically, if you start there, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty fun. And, it's and fun. I love that. Be and I want to come back to, um, first of all, to me, you're a healer Thank in you. what you do, okay. in the container <laughs> you create for young people to be themselves and to learn. Um, so, so Big Fish is also about self-directed learning, right? That's it, right. So they can follow their interests. and Right. And so the, the funny thing about self-directed learning is, you know, we have all these people like, oh, I want to work with kids. I want to teach them everything I know about chemistry. I love chemistry or whatever it is. But a lot of our kids coming out of school do this thing we call de-schooling. So some of them are, are just so exhausted and there's it's really they have to go through this not all of them and everyone has a different you know uh, phase of it um, but they just have to sort of they don't even know what they like you know they they've been so programmed and been so directed that they've been getting you know for the grades and and they're just like oh wow I had no idea I liked art I like making things or I had no idea science was really cool and you know we can go out to the estuary and you know, start doing observations and water testing. So I think it's just a lot of discovery in the beginning. Um, and and I, I never really thought of myself as a healer, so to speak. But um, I guess, you know, I've always been someone who cared about the person first before the test. It always seemed to me kind of ridiculous to think to about to a number. Something. Yeah, if, if the person is not have an, an okay time being human <laughs> yes and I want to come back to in the website you describe you say big fish is my big leap of faith <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. how's that going for you these days well do you still feel like is it a daily uh, leap of faith exercise a lot less um, anxiety than I had a year ago um, and you were so helpful helping me sort of sort that through uh, I think that we are grassroots, um, it's really happening. Like, people are starting to recognize that we have a system of education that is archaic. It's no longer appropriate for humans. <laughs> you know, we're locking kids up all day, we're telling them what to learn, when it's just not natural. It's Carol Black is one of the writers I follow, and she says, um, you know, studying kids in schools is like studying the killer whale, killer whales in SeaWorld. You know, they're in, con they're confined. Um, so, so we need to do something different all across the world. I mean, this is happening. We have, um, so we're part of the Alliance for Self-Directed Learning. We align ourselves with, um, you know, freedom. <laughs> really, it's really basic. And uh, even people I've met in conferences talk about, compulsory schooling as being um, a human rights abuse for kids. If it's if it works for you or your kid, great. Like, I have two kids. It worked for one, and it didn't really work for the other. So if you're going to a place every day that it it's really your whole 
you watch these kids mm -hmm. and their whole being does not want to be there. We have a, a new member who is coming out of something called, I, I don't know how many weeks he went away for, but I, it was maybe close to a month of school refusal therapy. Just bend your mind around that for a minute. School refusal therapy. And he was, it was an in-house treatment, right? This is a beautiful kid. This kid is 13. He's brilliant, maybe a tight on the spectrum, maybe a, just a bit on the spectrum. But he, he walked into Big Fish, and the first thing he said to one of the younger members was, oh, I can help you build a computer. And he, he's so happy to be here. But a month ago, he was saying, I would rather die than go to school. Yeah. I think I want to make like a little parenthesis saying like this isn't about like we're not trying to convert someone no, or no, shame it's someone just, for yeah. having school in the, in the school for environment. a lot of us but perhaps being aware of um, or thinking a little bit more about like what do young people need well so this is the good news you asked me about the leap so the good news is is that the school community um, and it wasn't the one of my word that where I worked but is the neighboring one they've been incredibly um, Wonderful. They've been, you know, we have meetings often. I meet every couple of months with a superintendent where I'm meeting next week with a state commissioner. And they they know what we're doing is what kids need. Kids need freedom in order to learn and grow. And they just don't know how to do it. So we're talking about partnerships and building what we call an educational ecosystem. So for the kids, and luckily a lot of kids love school. I mean, there were, you know, I wasn't, I didn't know if I loved it, but I loved it enough you know, to make it work for me. But then there are places kids can go if they don't love it or if they need to be outdoors. I love that. I think it's that awareness of like what works for the, the specific right. kid in mind. Um, so I want to jump to another point, which um, I know is one of your strengths because I, I saw it in action. So basically back to our story, I saw the sign of mm -hmm. Big Fish and I looked at your website and there were some um, inquiries about people. You were opening it up to people mm -hmm. who wanted to contribute. So I immediately contacted you right. and we started this. I started a meditation and mm -hmm. mindfulness course for the kids. Um, and then through that, you and I worked a little bit. You came to me as a healing client. Mm. Uh, but in that, in my time there, one of the things, well, two things, but the first one I saw is that how you were very skillfully involving people in being cheerleaders and supporters. Mm. Like I saw moms volunteering. I saw these um, teachers popping up to talk about politics or whatever mm. else was mm. going on, like history. Um I know you involved some of your family to do field trips and such. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about like what is, so, what is that about? So that's I guess that's a big part of it. Where um, well, some of my background aside from teaching for, for so long was also that I was ran the theater program, and it was a community. You know, everybody wins in the theater. <laughs> that's how I always used to like to premise it because you got your tech people and you know your your artists, your singers, um, your actors, and, you know, you work together to create something beautiful. And I think also coming from a really dysfunctional family, <laughs> when you're a kid and you know that you're, like, you're witnessing this dysfunction, that you go, oh, wow, I can imagine. Like, I've always just imagined what community would look like when people were just being their better selves, you know, and being encouraged to be their better selves, right, and being provided the resources in the environment. So we have, um, three of our teachers are on disability and they have 
definite disabilities like uh, narcolepsy and blindness and autoimmune disease. And they, but yet they have, you know, anywhere from two to 10 hours a week to be with us. And so they're volunteers. So, and some of them we do pay a little bit, uh, some of our, you know, people who come to us to teach. And not everyone has a disability, but it's just, it's a win-win. So we have community members, um, some family members who just really like people, and especially young people. And that's the piece, I think, where we're in a shift. Um, and we've been on this rapid fire. Uh, it seems like time has gone so fast and technology is just speeding us along. And um, I'm going to quote Marianne Williamson. And she, probably your audience may know her, The Course in Miracles. But I, went, I met her a few weeks ago. And with about 35 women, we had a lovely conversation with her. First words out of her mouth, she says, we need to mine the gold of our children, the gold within our children. They are gold. And, and so, you've, you know, uh, Maddie, who you've met, she just had this incredible art show and she's just made like over $1,000 selling art that people are begging for because she's doing her thing. She's like being Embodying her best human, you know. What she's meant to be. <laughs> right. And so the idea that somebody has to teach you how to be human rather than discovering how to be human, like because you are. <laughs> okay. So there which, we go. Community. Which brings me to a beautiful, <laughs> you're, you're just coming into a beautiful point, which is how does that self-healing, like how do we heal from that conditioning of this is who you're supposed to be. Like right. this is so for you, how that went, the self-healing, and what do you see in young people? Yeah. So my own self-healing, you know, from a couple rounds of therapy, um, being in my twenties first, I, I started having panic attacks. I was like, whoa, you know, what's what, what's this? But I, I think what you when you bring enough people who have wisdom to the table, you know, when you're a young woman or a young man, um, is that I've learned that it's an inside job. You know, and nobody ever really told me that when I was younger. You know, it, it, we became this very codependent, looking for external, looking for all these external things to make us feel okay in the world or good enough. And I think the good enough piece, you know, we, some of us really struggle with that, especially women. I think women are always feeling like, oh, I'm not good enough. I have to do everything, you know. So my own healing is I, I think you know, basically teaching in a classroom for 30 years is like having your own laboratory. So, And the, you get to restart and restart every year. So I get 70 to 100 kids, you know, in 20 groups of 20 or 25. And it's really a lucky job. Like, because I think in some ways, you know, I was like, well, hmm, this didn't go as I had hoped. So maybe if I try to be more open or try to, you know, give them more voice. So, I mean, it was just always workshopping, like, what do young humans need? And I got really clear about that. I mean, when you practice something for 30 years, you get really clear about it. And what they want and what they need is to just be treated like you would treat your best friend, you know? Like, they want to be treated like adults. Um, they don't want to be infantilized. You know, we basically make, if you think of you know, and I, I love school. I don't want school to necessarily go away. I spent my life in school. But I need, it needs to flip from directed teaching to mentorship. They want to be seen. Mm -hmm. And I think we all want to be seen. You know, my mother passed in, in January and spent some time, her last few months of her life in a nursing home. 
And it's the same thing with the elderly. It's the same thing with those of us in our middle years. Like, people just want to be seen. So that's where I felt, you know, there was the beauty of the one-room schoolhouse that couldn't have all the resources. And now we've just gone to the ultimate factory of depersonalization. And I do believe that it is a major cause in why we are having a soul crisis in America and across the planet. I mean, we have dictatorships, you know, seizing the opportunity of people who are confused and lost. Okay. So that, that's so as a, yeah. as a, I know you, you have grown children, but as a mom, yeah. you know, like as they were growing up and as, edu- as an educator who holds space and creates space and enters into these dynamics, how do you find that your own self-healing affects that? Oh, it's, it's a direct hit. And actually when you start doing the work, right, it's like when you don't do the work, it bites you. <laughs> I mean, it's all about reflection um, and time. So the first thing I wrote, well, I wrote on my bathroom mirror for about two years was slow down, which I'm not really good at sometimes because it's like you're running a nonprofit that, and you don't really know how to do it. You have to do it. Work a lot. But, but no, I also have days where I, I just surrender and go, oh, yeah, um, here now. And, And we try to do that with the kids and they, they love it. Like, you know, we have a yoga class on Thursdays. We use a dance studio. Mm-hmm. And um, and you're also, I need to say, like, having worked with you as a client, you were pretty good with your, like, Damla and coming. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like, this yeah. is oh, yeah. this time for me. And you're right. good with taking that time for yourself. Well, that's the thing I, I notice also about, well, and it's self-healing, right? So the piece around um, what's happening in the world right now and when I first met you and you were probably like the first one to show up in, a, in, in like a perfect way and I was so honored that you showed up because everything you do with mindfulness and resilience was like all of this practice I was trying to sneak into my classroom you know um, but um, all the people not all but I would say 90% of people showing up to help big fish are middle-aged women, (laughs) moms and sisters and aunts and grandmothers. And it's not that the men aren't showing up because the men are starting to come along, but that's where I feel the planet has just really gotten off tilt. You know, we've been, it's like, uh, and Marianne talks about this, and I love that about her. She'll say, come on, the mamas, you know, the feminine, uh, we need a course correction. And I think Big Fish for me is my course, it's like locally our course correction. Um, and I think the more uh, whole, whole per being men, the more uh, awake men, like the superintendent in Dover, New Hampshire, who's a wonderful, he's a grandfather of five, and he totally gets it. You know, he's saying, yes, let the, he has all these women who work around him. I think he's the only guy, you know, special ed, alternative ed. And he's so open. He's like, yes, you're right. You know, we just haven't figured out. It's like, how do you change the infrastructure, right? Right. And the mindset. Yes. Okay. So I want to come to one of my favorite things about walking into Big Fish is you have this table in front. And I don't know if you still do it, but you would put like a weekly poem. I'm so glad you brought that up. You would have these cutouts (laughs) for people to pick. And they were the most amazing poetry and really inspiring, really yeah. deep. Can you can you tell me so, when you healing really, power? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I would say poetry is one of the most important things in my life, but it's language, right? 
It's language. Uh, about 10 years ago, I started a practice of just beginning each class with a poem. And, you know, <laughs> when I look back on it now, it's kind of funny because they didn't have a choice, right? But I was <laughs> like, well, and not long poems, you know, but just there's so many beautiful poets and it's truth, right? So I would do, and I have brought with me Rumi, Mary Oliver, whatever, you know, there's some great poets. So I would start it and I noticed this effect. If you just start with the language, it's like starting with a piece of music, you know, or starting with a gentle yoga pose or whatever it is. But it became a discipline. And it was my experiment and it went on for about 10 years and it changed me and it changed the classroom because then that's where the metaphor comes in, right? It, it, because figurative language gives us a way to understand each other because like you come from Turkey and, you know, I come from Cape Cod, right? But I can say, hmm, you know, those days when, you know, there's so, the ocean, you know. The emotion you know, is the same. The emotion, the right. The humanness. Right, right. The sensory, the sharing of being alive in our senses that is so human that we have cross-culturally, cross, you know, every divide. So I think poetry unifies us. And um, so my experiment, I noticed within months that, um, you know, kids were, they were speaking more in poems. They were more open to just kind of bantering in poems and, and just playing with language, really, because um, humans like to be clever. <laughs> so I started, the funny thing that I was, reason I was so glad that you talked about poetry is because I you know, the bandwidth thing. I, I haven't been doing that in the last couple months. I just have wouldn't keep up with it. So, so I was doing a poem a week at Big Fish. And when we first opened, I said to the kids, at Monday meetings, I, I want to be able to read your poem, right? <laughs> I think about it now, it's like so ridiculous. And the kids were like, uh, okay. And, and so I would read the poem and they'd you know, I used to have this thing where I always read a poem twice, but with our kids at Big Fish, they weren't, I could feel the, <laughs> it wasn't like the right environment. Because our kids, they're 11, 18, and they're, some of them are, they're all different. But anyway, um, and then we started getting complaints about having the meeting in any way. I mean, the meeting was like announcements and scheduling and whatever. Sometimes Mike, our singer, songwriter, storyteller, would like play a game or tell us a story. But a lot of these kids are introverts, and they don't like big group meetings, and or the extroverts take over, and then they called it forced community meetings. So we stopped having them, and now we have something in on um, Tuesday afternoons called Big Fish Think Tank, and we sit around the couches by the windows, and we just throw out questions like, "What is Big Fish? How's it? What do you like about it? What do you wish were you know was different? Where you know just sort of a think tank." I love that. So you 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 first sense even before the feedback was there, you were like, <laughs> "They're so honest." Them. <laughs> they're, they're so honest, and they're just like, "Oh God!" Yeah. They had a voice in that, mm -hmm. and there was a change made to that, right. which is beautiful. Okay. Okay. I know you brought something. Oh, I did bring. Is there poem. something? Well, <laughs> I know. How long do you want your podcast to go? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, um, well, I'm going to tell you the title of all three, and then I'm going to, or two, did I bring three? Yeah, but I'm only going to read one. Why don't you choose one? Okay, Whatever. but I, just, I want to just tell your audience the titles okay. of these poems, because they're all beautiful, and if you don't love poetry, or you feel intimidated by poetry, um, I mean, my goodness, start with Rumi. <laughs> right? I mean, start with Rumi. Um, and then... 
you know, Mary Oliver died the day before my mother. And I thought, oh my gosh, she was sort of a second mother to me in, in print, right? And, and my mother really took a long time. You know, she had a long hospice. Like she wasn't conscious the last three days of her life. And I kind of sat by her. But I thought, wow, Mary Oliver died. And it's yes. kind of a wonderful, I was like, grab mom on the way. Read some poetry. <laughs> um, so, the, so the one by Mary Oliver, who, it, well, I, there's um, Wild Geese. And journey, the journey. I probably will read Wild Geese. People, a lot of people may already know that. The Rumi poem that I'm covered by Coleman Barks, who's a beautiful translator of all of Rumi's work, is called Two Kinds of Intelligence. And that's 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 a good one. For I need hang fish. on to those. By yes, the way. yes, yes, I'll Just give so it to you. Know. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> well, and that the two kinds of intelligence is about you know books and your own inner life. So that obviously resonates with my philosophy. And then I started doing this weird thing where I did become a little obsessive. I was like the poem lady. So um, I always carry poems in my pocketbook. And there's one called um, you, you Can't Write a Poem About McDonald's, but it's a poem about McDonald's. Right. And I can't remember the author, but I remember having some in my bag and going through the drive-thru with my son. And, and I, I just went, oh, perfect. So I gave the woman. <laughs> I said, you know, you work at McDonald's. You really should read this poem. And it's a really fun poem about McDonald's. Um, so the one that I carry around with me almost everywhere I go, and it, part of it is to like, well, let me just say this. This is like the completely narcissistic, but I think we all are on some level, is that I do this and share this kind of work because it helps me be a better, nicer person, right? Exactly. That's what healing and right? self-healing so like, is all about. Hmm. Yeah, maybe if I like read this poem. No. So the poem is called um, Kindness by Naomi Shehab Nye. Oh, she's, if you don't know her, she's an uh, American-Palestinian woman, father. Um, she lived uh, in Israel for a while as a young woman, like a teenager. She's now in her 60s, lives in Texas now. And I've met her a couple times. She's, oh, I think she's I love that. I feel like she's amazing. I'm a geek for all things healing. Yeah, I'm not that. For all things and this endpoint really oh, is yeah. healing. Oh, right? it is healing. And, and I was sitting at a, um, the local private school up here, Burke Academy, often does a lot with poetry. They have a lot of money, so they brought in Naomi. She had nine because she was poet laureate, U.S. poet laureate. I mean, she's she's big, <laughs> she's big. So we, that's when I first met her. And my friend Janet and I were sitting, and you know, when you love words and somebody puts them together in a way that is so delicious, you just go, "Wow, yeah!" It makes so everything possible. So this is about four years ago, and Janet was sitting next to me, and she's also she's a retired school teacher, and she says to me. Oh, poetry's going to save the world. And I thought, yeah, she's right. And so when we start learning to talk to each other again, like some of these young people, like Mary Ann Williamson is trying to do, right? And, you know, she and many others, then that's when we'll heal. Um, so what was I going to tell you about this? Um, what was the other question? Kindness. Oh, kindness. Yeah, so... So this, is, yeah, this is one of the ones This is one of the ones you? I was carrying with me and... Um, because that was the piece that was so missing in public school was it I don't think it was ever anyone's intention so I went to school right from like 5 to 22 took like a year off to find a job and then stayed so like literally most of my entire life has been in school and what I've noticed and I think it's the fear-mongering and the analytics and the need to 
be results driven. It's almost like、yeah. it's not the school. It's the, 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 the feeling and the intention behind it. They've lost it. Like、yeah. that's the point, right? So it's like, well, what what do we want for our kids? And so now, you know, the self harm among among young women has doubled in the last ten years. Like. If that's not, and I was seeing it, like you know, my husband kept saying, you know, your anecdotes are not real research, you know, that's like not reliable. And I'm like, well, this is what I'm seeing, and then I could find the research to back it up. Yes, so, unfortunately, right. And、yes. and it, that is the sort of why it's a.、Um, this is my leap of faith on two levels. First of all, maybe I'm absolutely delusional. <laughs> like what I see, my heart was breaking in school, and I think I. I was starting to get sick to my stomach driving to school the last couple of years, and I was making good money. I have this great health plan, right? And it was like whatever.、Uh, I never been more paid by money. Great.、Right. It's a leap. It is a leap, but but it was. I think we as a culture don't we don't check in. Like if you're getting sick, like if you're getting sick going to work on your drive, well, duh, right? Same thing with kids. If someone needs to go to school refusal therapy. That sort of sounds like conversion therapy to me. It's just, it doesn't make sense. Like something's wrong. So poetry gives us a place to start.、Um, and kids are funny because we've had a couple of poetry classes、um, at Big Fish, and、um, the kids are like battle fatigued. So they're really,、um, in, they're really self conscious about their words and anything they put on paper. So it's I'm. I'm feeling like it's so much slower、um, to do any kind of creative writing with them. I think in my public school life, I was more successful teaching poetry in a way because I was like that classroom where they could sort of go, ah,、oh, you know, oh, good, we're gonna, yeah, we're not gonna get picked on in here or have to, you know, get judged all the time. But at Big Fish, they don't get judged all the time. But they they're really self conscious because they've been a lot of them have been told they're failures, right? Which is another problem with our system of、okay. schooling. I feel like we're getting oh we want the schools, schools which I love. Let's yeah. Do you want to yeah? Then I wanted to read. I think Wild Geese is probably、uh, it's probably the most well,、uh, popular poem of the ones that I've picked. But I also.、Um, I think it's, it's she's got yeah, beautiful.、Message. I think I'm, I'm going to try to find、um, links to these. Oh sure, they're easy to find. They're easy to find. You can give a a, a salute、yes. to、um, the goddess Mary Oliver who just left this earth. She had a beautiful career. She lived in Provincetown, Mass. Oh、uh, really? Yep. Okay. Yeah, really wonderful woman. So the poem is called Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert, repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, 
over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. So beautiful. Isn't that the greatest? <laughs> I, I have read it a hundred times, and I can't every time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, back to my mother again, <laughs> is that, um, and I don't know the poet who said it, but the, the priest at her funeral said, we are walking each other home. We're all walking each other home, you know? And, and I think that's what people struggle with. Yes. Thank you. That was beautiful. Okay. Thanks. So I want to sort of um, finish up with, with your practices of self-care, oh which poetry is one of them. Um, just give mm -hmm. us like a few examples. When you're starting to feel out of source, what do you do? First thing I do is I walk outside barefoot. <laughs> That's grounding. Um, usually I need to sleep more. That's a big part of it. And drink more water. That's always your good reminder. Um, I think I'm a, my, I've always been a start-stop daily practice. Like I'm not one of those people who has, like I have a friend who's like run almost every day of her life, you know, <laughs> pretty much like, for me, it's always different. So someday, like for, for a while, it was walking. You know, I was like, ah, oh, walking. So I would say what I do is I need alone time, silence, meditation, you know, in, a, in silence, um, yoga of some sort, by myself usually. Just that's a private thing for me, just move, moving, music, moving, moving alone, doing yoga, and nature. Like if usually those are the things, um, either I started eating refined sugar and I feel really bad or, you know, too much bad food. Um, but more than anything, reminding myself to go out into nature every day to, yeah. So I, I think it just, it's so many things like, and it keeps changing and shifting. It keeps changing, right? Right, right. That's what I find too. And then I find during my cycles is uh, in my menstrual cycle as also cycles of the moon i know i'm going to be not sleeping much around full moon right so i'm becoming my journeys that i'm becoming more mindful of those cycles but it's fun right we're yeah, not it's just like linear <laughs> and even yeah. if you're not in on your menstrual cycle there's still the cycles of the moon and the cycles of life like you had children, they grew up, and they left. Oh, and menopause so is a, a whole thing. new thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we should have another that. conversation about that. <laughs> no, it's um, okay. It's all, I, it's I think it's all these different colors yeah. and sensations and being open to whatever your day's, day is bringing up and then sort of rolling with that, right? Well, the beauty of getting older, I think, and this is where, you know, call it menopause, call it just being in your 50s, is... Um, you know, you get to practice being yourself, right? So that's kind of like, that's one of my little mottos. And I don't know if I made it up or if I stole it from someone. So if, if I stole it from you or <laughs> let me know. But I always would say, and I, I say this to everyone, you know, if we are what we practice, who are you? I, ch I remember you saying that. Yeah, I say it all the time. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> because the kids will be like, oh, I just want a video game, you know? And I'll be like, all right, you're really good at video gaming. That's who you are then. Like, what else do you want to practice? So for me, I'm practicing being a director of a nonprofit, which sometimes I resist. I want other people to like run it, and I'll just play with the kids, which may happen eventually. <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> so it's good. Um, so yeah, I think it's we are what we practice, and it, it is always changing. Um, I, so getting older, and I, I, you know, I'm pretty 
much an open book and I, I think it's fun to share what you've learned because it's, it's like if you're not becoming a better you, well, well how are you spending your time? <laughs> you know, like act on your own behalf, right? Like, uh, you know, and that's where I think women often, you know, we, we do too much and I'm guilty of it. I just, and I think that's where menopause is clarity, where you start to go, oh, my kids are grown, they can take care of themselves. My husband's grown, he can feed himself, you know? Um, and, and so why do women take on so much? Well, that's a good way to keep us under wraps. I mean, I don't know if, if you've listened to AOC lately, Alexandria um, Ocasio-Cortez, the youngest woman in Congress, and I don't care what political party you resonate with, that woman is on fire. I mean, she's just speaking her truth. Like, there's, I think it's almost like a tribe of ancestral women coming through her voice. I mean, she's like, listen, this is just not right. You know, this is this is harmful. This You're hurting people, you know, people. Yeah, the feminine you know? is rising. Yeah, the feminine is rising. And I feel like I'm just on the ship with all, you know, we're just, we're all waking up. Because if you're not awake now, then, then all right, then fine. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, there's just, and it does start with the children. I think they are our barometers, right? Like if half, if... I don't know what the actual numbers are. I have them in my notes. But if self-harm among young women ages like 12 to 17 or 18, if that's doubled in the last two years, like, you know. Something is not something's right. Something's not right. And, we, you know, we've had rashes of teen suicides. And, yeah, so that goes back to the reflection piece, you know. So that's where I think we all get stuck in our culture is we build this infrastructure and I talk about schools as being the similar thing to, like, people had horse and buggies, you know, and then Henry Ford came along, and then we got these automobiles. And we had to build all these roads. So people are really don't... I do see the brick-and-mortar, you know, compulsory ed, you must do, you know, earth science and biology and chemistry in this order as being kind of the horse and buggy. Because now these kids are actually learning more faster. Catch up to them. Yeah, but well, they teach. Half the time they're teaching us. Like the kid who came in and said, "I can help you build a computer." You right. know, I mean, <laughs> oh, I already have my own website. <laughs> you know, do you want to add um, merchandise on your website? I can. You know, do you need more REM or? or no, that's no, it's RAM. <laughs> so, you know, literate. I am about that. REM is sleep. Um, so yeah, these these kids. They know so much more than we knew. And I know you're even a younger generation. Like, we have to, well, it goes back to Socrates, really. It's about mentorship. And, and, men, and mentorship started for thousands of years when somebody was about 12. So that's like sixth grade. And that's exactly, those are my people. And I'm like, of course they're miserable. They want to be doing real things. They want to be cooking and they want to be building things. Yeah. So talking so, yeah. about websites, where do we find more information about oh, Big Fish? Um, Big Fish. Bigfishnh.org. We, our, our website is decent. We, it was a little bit better. And then we let the students redesign it. Were you around for any of that? It was a bit of a debacle. <laughs> Well, we gave, you know, and they did, so, oh, they did everything. They did a rebranding colors, and they have scrolling pictures, but they're missing some of the information. <laughs> so meanwhile, we're in the process of going back to Squarespace. Um, they did a lot of things right, but they, like, so the pictures are a little grainy because they, like, got them. They'd been passed around electronically a few times. And so the quality of our website, as we've been told by our board, <laughs> could be better. 
but it's it's um the students rebuilt it um using Weebly. Uh, so bigfishnh.org. I'm Diane at bigfishnh.org with, with Diane with one N. And um, if you're ever in Dover, New Hampshire, we always love to have guests. You know, um, we our youngest know is I, eleven. I, I kind of want to say also, if there's an educator watching this, or if there's someone in the community who feels who wants to work with teens in a meaningful them. way, find Diane. Yeah, right. Well, and the other big thing we're finding is they're not as well. You remember how they really resented, like, oh, Domla wanted us to do all this. Like, I know. I, was, and that, no, but, I wanted to do a lot. With no, I know, but, <laughs> but it was sort of like we have some classes like that, and some kids ask for that, and then a lot of kids are just like, wow, she's way too demanding. But the other magic that's happening is these one-on-one -on -one or one-on-two connections where, like, we just met this young guy who has his own tech company, and he comes every Thursday for a couple hours, and he's doing, he's teaching the, the kids binary, and they're working on the hardware of the, the computer and, and then coding. And and it's just like the three of them, you know. And that's more organic than trying to do a curriculum. Because right. I think they're curriculumed out. Although they ask for things, you know, yeah. they'll be like, I really... So we're just going to, yeah. we're going to put it out. And I know there are a lot of healers, yoga teachers listening. So if this is something that you'd like to explore. Oh, please. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, send and me an email or, yeah, yeah. great. Is there anything else you'd love us to oh, hear? Just, I feel like I could listen to I you know, forever. I'm not, I know. I'm a, I'm a rambler. Um, no, I think, well, obviously, when you find something that really, for me, that big leap was just uh, when I met this network. So we're part of a network, network called Liberated Learners. If you go to that website, it has, we're 15 centers now. And um, we're becoming a little bit more cohesive. We're trying to become a little, have more of a presence as a network. So it's liberatedlearners.net, I think. And, um, you know, this obviously resonates with me. <laughs> you know, I think you, for, and I've been really trying to keep my enthusiasm up in the last five to ten years of my teaching job. But I was getting less freedom, too. And if you talk to teachers, they'll, you know, nobody's teaching because they want to, you know, torture kids. <laughs> you know, that's not the, why they go into teaching. And I think anyone who is teaching understands that you do want your kids to be human first. And, but you're put all of these restrictions in the way, you know, whether it's, you know, everything needing to be quiet all the time and not being able to leave the building and um, all of those things. We're not having enough resources or having too many kids or too many kids that don't want to be there. And it's hard to be the public school. Like the superintendent says to me, you know, I have, we have 4,000 kids in the district. You know, 4,000 kids. And I know there are districts and urban districts that are much bigger. Um, and that's where I think it is about smaller is better. Mentorship is better. And that's how, you know, what else is there? <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Uh, I don't know. Right. I'm simple in that way. Thank you You're so welcome. much. This Thank has you. been an absolute oh, pleasure. Fun. I love the tone of your voice. I'm right. like, I feel like, that alone was oh, fun. Well, I'm <laughs> so blessed you're in my life. Um, and yeah. Um, I think without you, I, I, I mean, seriously have helped me kind of channel my healing a bit, you know, focus my healing. And I think we all, women out there and men too, because men are, there are a lot of very giving men, of course, is that we sacrifice ourselves. We think that, you know, we're doing the right thing, right? <laughs> but we're no good to anybody unless we're whole. Right.
So, so invest in your you self-healing. Thank you Thank you, Domba. Yes, yeah. thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If thank this you. conversation resonates with you, um, if you want to find more about Diane, so I'll include those links at the end. But if you thought this was healing and inspiring for you, please share it in whatever capacity feels authentic to you. I tell people, even if it's telling one other person. Sure. Um, or some people are more social media savvy, so this will be on YouTube, it will be on Facebook, so um, spread the love, share it. So maybe you want to start a learning center. <laughs> <laughs> and if you do, find yeah, that. Let me know. Shift more. is on. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Great.